What's up, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the 90s Called Podcast. I'm your host, Jess. Thanks for joining me today. And today, I do actually have my sister, Mare, with me, because we're going to be talking about our favorite movie trilogy of all time, The Mighty Ducks. Yay! I'm so excited! <laughs> um, especially because it does go with the theme, If depending on which order you're listening to this at all. Uh, the theme of this month is talking about 90s sports movies, especially for kids' 90s sports movies, specifically because it being... November when this is being recorded I had thought of watching Little Giants again which is something that we generally do every Thanksgiving around Thanksgiving-ish anyway or at least quote a lot of it so that's what got me to the point of doing this um and then figured may as well give our favorite movies their own episodes so we have an excuse to talk about it oh yeah for sure I watch Little Giants every year around this time of year um, and then, of course, Mac always brings up her absolute favorite quote of the, you can't pass the Johnny on Johnny part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but then uh, it actually was a good way to go into everything else, too, because Little Giants also had that same slapstick humor that Mighty Ducks, Sandlot, and a lot of other kids' movies at the time did. So it pretty much is just an all-in-company theme for that there. Mm-hmm. But to start out, um, just a tiny bit of backstory for anyone who doesn't know about the Mighty Ducks, which... I don't know how you wouldn't at this point because it's literally everywhere hockey related. Mighty Ducks is a series of movies about a underdog team of hockey players who end up pretty much winning every, almost every game that they play. That's the gist of it. It's a kids movie so you can pretty much guarantee that they are going to win in some sense. But it ended up being a 90s staple I think primarily because of the time frame that it came out especially with rollerblading being as fa- famous, as popular as it was then, ice hockey kind of was an offshoot. But I think it also did very well just because it did really hold on to the time frame of the 90s in general. And I feel like because they actually had a cast of kids that were going through everything all together, like they had their own ice hockey boot camp and everything before they started filming, um, I think that helped with it being an actual movie for kids even though you know there are times where they have um adult stunt doubles you can tell the kids are the ones that are doing the everything themselves oh that's the other thing i was gonna say too is that the best thing about mighty ducks um i felt is that they felt like they were actually friends let alone the fact that they the characters felt like they were your friends at the time as you were rooting for them and that might even just be to the fact that they were good actors yeah because we all know that kid actors aren't the best not to knock anybody because i'm not the best actor anyway but they're not the best of course we got joshua jackson coming out of mighty ducks is probably other than emilio estevez obviously being like the main name that people know from it but other than that it's like all the other kids they felt like real kids but they also felt like real people and real characters at the same time as an extension of being actors i'd argue also marguerite moreau is known because of Wet Hot American Summer and also because she's been doing a lot of Lifetime movies. Oh, yeah, she has done a pretty good amount of them. We've watched a few of them when they came out, too, and then later we're like, oh, that's Connie! Because 100% that's all we ever referred to her as is she's Connie. Uh, so, Mighty Ducks number one. I think out of the three, I actually think Mighty Ducks number one is my favorite one. Yeah, second's my favorite. Okay, so we can debate that. So, I think Mighty Ducks number one is my favorite because it didn't lean so heavily into being a kid Disney movie. Because you still got... Okay, I can see that you're about to have an opinion, I'm saying. Because you still got all the cursing from Emilio Vestavis' character, Gordon Bombay. You had, obviously, the drinking and the drugs references. And then you... I don't know, just to me, it felt like it was a little bit more of a movie that still was geared towards adults. I disagree only because it had a whole bunch of kitty slapstick humor in it. 
like you have the kids with the uh, dollar bill with a dog poop in it. Oh yeah, and you have them getting into a fight with those plastic atoms, and then you also have um, the part where oh yeah, and then they weirdly deepened uh, Portman. Yeah, I meant did I say Portman? I meant Portman. Portman's voice when they tried to, they, was it Portman? Yeah, Portman doesn't come. I always too. do that. I'm, okay, Mac is gonna kill me. Because she freaking loves Portman. I meant Fulton. Sorry. They weirdly deepened his voice to make him sound more menacing and scary when they were he was fighting off Adam and the rest of the Hawk bullies at the time. That did not come back later. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I mean, I, I, get, I get your point. I think just for me, it was more of because the first movie focused a bit more on Gordon. I felt like it was more of an, a movie for adults before it was for kids. Well, if you have him as the main draw into it because everyone else was relatively unknown, then yeah, you could argue that it was a movie more towards adults, but it's your way of trying to make sure you have families bring your kids to the movies. True. I will say, though, for D2, it was really... Okay, the plot point that I think, I can't say 100%, this is what they were doing, but the plot point of the Junior Goodwill games, where it was them going against Iceland, where it seemed like it was supposed to be off of um, America versus Russia and the Olympics. Right. I thought that was a really good draw for that movie. No, I agree. And you could tell, and it even shows it in the movie, that they were just riding off the high of how, what they had done before, but they didn't really fully understand how to be a good hockey team until that movie. Plus, I feel like the characters, that the new characters that were introduced in the second one actually made the group feel more well-rounded and like cohesive. I agree with that, especially because, obviously, we wouldn't have the characters of the Bash Brothers, for example, if they didn't bring in the other characters afterwards. But then you did also need to have another girl character, so it wasn't just Connie who was there, too. Especially because after a while, Connie, even though she was dubbed the Velvet Hammer, did more lean towards just being there to be shipped with Guy. Not that I really complain about that, because Connie and Guy were, like, my very first ship ever in life before I knew what shipping was. Yeah. Um, but to have, just have someone else there to balance that out was good. I think that's also, in a way, what drew me into... Actually, probably would be around D2, because when we're talking about Mighty Ducks, we typically tend to talk about the second one more than the other ones. But... I think that's also what drew me into it, too, is that since there were more girls there, it made it seem like it was something that was actually more accessible to girls, other than Connie just being the quote-unquote trademark, the girl on the team. I agree. Because, of course, you did have Tammy in the first one, but she wasn't as much of a mainstay of a character compared to Kenny, who then replaced her as the figure skater who was also playing hockey. Right, and... At that age, I wasn't into girly things, so seeing, like, oh, there's another girl there, but she's into, like, the girly figure skating part of it didn't appeal to me. Right, and then Julie being the one who essentially was holding the team together as a goalie, when she got that opportunity, I'll put it that way, was something that actually was, oh, gosh, I was getting tongue-tied at this point, was what made it a different character. Though, we can get into it a little bit more later of how I wish they did more with Connie and Julie, especially with Connie, because if she was supposed to be someone there from the very beginning, yes, I understand why they put so much of a focus on Charlie and Adam, but I wish there was some more focus on Connie so that way you could see that girls could play hockey, if you want to put it that way. However, it was the 90s, and we know, especially upon my own reflection of internalized misogyny from the time, is they really weren't more than just the girl character that was there, so it wasn't just all guys. Yeah, I agree. All right, so going into the first movie, 
Um, as everybody knows, that movie is pretty much how you just have Gordon Bombay get in trouble for drinking and driving and being essentially an ass in the lawyer world who was then sent on probation to then become the coach to the Mighty Ducks team or District 5 who then turned into the Mighty Ducks team. And I think essentially the biggest thing that came out of that movie and the movies in general was his relationship with Charlie. Of course, yeah. Yes, and I think it also is a really good testament to the fact that Emilio Estevez was able to go from the roles that he had when he was part of the Brat Pack into being in that leadership role along with kind of sort of help Joshua Jackson along the way to come into his own as a character. Yeah, and you hear a lot about how there are some actors who say, oh, I did this movie so I have something that my kids can watch. I feel like even if Emilio wasn't looking at it in that aspect, it was something that rounded out his character, especially after everybody knows how his character was in uh, The Breakfast Club. Right. And at the time, I also did really, if we want to go back into shipping a little bit, I actually did really ship Gordon and Charlie's mom. As much as I would have wrapped everything up in a bow, I really did like the idea of that. I don't know if I liked it so much, only because as a kid, I wasn't into adult relationships. I was just more like, go back to the kid skating. (laughs) I completely get that. Uh, So, as we were saying from... D1, as I refer to half of the Mighty Ducks movies nowadays anyway, I just refer to it as D1, D2, or D3. What would you say was your favorite part from D1? It's a combination of two parts, but it goes more into Charlie's character. Um, how he was called Spazway, like the whole, pretty much the whole entire movie, was when one scene was when he knocked over all the hockey sticks in the store and then was like trying to pretend he didn't mess up the story by trying to put him back and the second one was when they were all getting in trouble for fighting with each other at school and the teacher came in and tried to um like restore order and he was the only one left without a desk and he was like (laughs) scrambling to try to find a place to sit down oh that oh that was good me actually i think my favorite part from d1 was when i think his name is peter because that was the he only showed up in the one movie because the other one was carp i think it was when he was, um, after Gordon had driven on the ice, he was saying that he was going to be the new coach and everything, how he was explaining how the old coach had pretty much died. He didn't die, obviously, but had a heart attack yeah. because of having screamed at them all the time. I thought that was really good. But I also think it's because I do still know that he was Charles in Full House, so I'm like, he was a good actor and we need to see more of him, but I really did like that part. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, we, as we all know, like I said, it's a 90s movie, so the kids have to win at the end. Um, they did end up winning the competitions they were in at the time against the Hawks. And, again, we knew it was going to happen. I thought, though, that it was interesting at the time, which, again, 90s kind of do formulaic things, where they did have it where Adam ended up being on their team. I just wish they went a little bit more into the fact that he was Adam was a fish out of water going on to the team that wasn't as good and how nobody really seemed to point out that he was one of the ones that was bullying them when they were first there. Oh, yeah, because he got thrown into the trash heap by Fulton. Right. And they never really talked about that. I'm like, that would have been a really good way to kind of explain more as to why they didn't like each other. Now, we can understand why Jesse wouldn't like Adam. If you want to put it in racial terms, makes a lot of sense why he wouldn't because Adam is from a rich white family. You literally cannot miss that but then there's also the fact that the hawks being probably essentially rich white kids then just beating up on and like making fun of the kids who 
weren't as good didn't help either but it also showed how much love jesse had for the game because he was thinking even more of like well you just have your rich daddy's money to do all this like can you play like real hockey i wish they went into it a bit more but i can understand why they might not have wanted to go that direction at the same time i think it it was already shown the differences between them two because you had the hawks who had all their matching uniforms and they had really sleek skates and their uniforms actually were made out of all the same material versus the district five team where they just had whatever they could throw on like they had newspapers to use as padding or they just had like rubber looking like rubber helmets and just sweatshirts to wear over the padding right and then they were pretty much instructed to just like take a fall any chance they got to just so they could have any pity to try and get through anything because at the time, Bombay wasn't really going to try to coach them at all because he could see that they were not good and he felt that it'd be a waste of time. Right, right. Now, I will say, I remember, because I think you were the one who told me that it went a little bit more into Adam's background and the pressures from his family in the books rather than the movies. Yeah, when they did the uh, novelization of the movies, you there were more scenes in there that I feel like would have made more of a lasting impression for the movies but there were some parts where i'm like i'm glad they cut this because it would have just kept going on longer than it should have so then it also brings in the question do you think it would have been better if the focus of the movies was more on bombay and adam rather than bombay and charlie because they have similar backgrounds with being on the hawks i don't think they needed that in the first one because they did so much with it but what little they showed in the second movie it should have been put in more there yeah so then we can go into the second movie for this, because if anyone cannot figure it out at this point, Adam is my favorite character out of the hockey players for uh, Mighty Ducks. But there is another point we're going to bring up later in the fact that he literally gets hurt all the time and gets taken off the ice all the time and almost doesn't seem to do anything at all. If you actually put timelines, if you wanted to, you probably could. Like video feeds on YouTube of how much time they actually had on the ice. He was spent more time knocked out than anything else. <laughs> okay, but going into D2, which is your favorite movie. Yes, it's my favorite. Okay, so D2, that is where they ended up going to the Junior Goodwill Games because they all saw how well they were doing as District 5, District 5 and then they ended up representing Team America, Team USA, against whichever other teams they decided to put in the Junior Goodwill Games for the movie before obviously focusing on the rivalry between them and Team Iceland. So, D2. I really enjoyed D2. I still think I like D1 a little bit more, but I really, really enjoyed D2. Not just because from a production standpoint, it was clear that they were really figuring out what they were doing Mm -hmm. to go along, but also because of a actual storytelling that made it very clear that they were doing well, they were starting to get into into the limelight, they loved hockey, but at what price? Especially because of it being the price of fame. Right, but at the same time, this is partly why I think the second movie is better, and also in terms of why the movies are so well-known. You don't hear about any other movie becoming as ingrained into pop culture as the Mighty Ducks, I would argue, in the respect that they made an actual professional hockey team from those movies. Which is, coincidentally, my favorite hockey team. Yeah, it is my favorite hockey team, coincidentally. And the fact that they dropped the name Mighty Ducks for them, I'm still never, ever, ever going to get over. I'm also not a huge fan of the some of the color combinations they used for the professional team either. But I've never been a fan of the color orange, so whenever they used it, I was not happy. About it. <laughs> That's true. 
So then when it comes to the point of the second movie, it was more along the lines of, hey, so we're getting a lot of fame and not fortune, obviously, but we're getting a lot of fame and attention. We do very well. Like we have all of our gimmicks with like the knuckle puck, which eventually was revealed in this movie. And then you also had um, Fulton's slapstick, which got a lot of people out of the way. You had the flying bee, like all this stuff. And then they got steamrolled by Team Iceland in their first match against each other. Yeah, because I, like they say in the movie, I agree, they were just relying on what it was that had made them be the winners of the Wee Championships instead of actually figuring out what it is that they could do to really become hockey players. Which is why I said, I think the new characters that were introduced in the second movie really helped the team gel together because you had district five in the first movie you knew bits and pieces of certain people but the different personalities actually worked with how they played as hockey players in mm-hmm. forming the new mm-hmm. team right and then of course i don't think they as you go to your point they wouldn't have been as strong if they didn't have uh if they didn't have julie come in if they didn't have Dwayne come in if they didn't have Luis come in kenny and i am forgetting did i say Dwayne? yeah okay Dwayne. oh and then uh Portman, yeah. Jeez, again, Mac is gonna kill me. If they didn't have all of them come in, they wouldn't have had the conflict, of course, to be able to grow together as a team. Because if it wasn't for all of the many arguments and the conflict that they had with each other, which then got to the point where Russ was heckling them, and then they end up having that uh, inline, sorry, roller skating competition with each other to actually learn how to play real hockey. If they didn't have that, they would just have been riding on the high they did before and kind of just riding on their own coattails. At the same time, that wouldn't have been something that would have been too much of a shock because Bombay wasn't really there to coach them anyway because he was getting too big in the fame part of everything. Right, but I also feel like the team in the first movie learned what the game of hockey was but then in the second movie they grew as hockey players and like well in the first one they figured out everything that they wanted hockey to be um and so at the beginning of the second movie they were just like hey we're here to have fun we're doing this and that and the other but they don't really know how to put together playing as a team and having fun it was more like we're doing this until we drive ourselves into the ground (laughs) true and then they're getting (laughs) to the point where like but do you remember why you love hockey and why you want to play and then that finally matched together which was a good plot point for bombay as well because he did have that injury that ended up making it that he had to go back to minnesota which i guess very much like adam is the thing is that he keeps getting close and close and he keeps getting injured over and over again to where at some point you think can he ever get a break because he just lo- he loves hockey. That literally is his entire life, and that's all he wants to do. But he keeps getting sidelined left, right, and center. Well, I mean, if people tell you you're the best player on the team, they're going to be gunning for you. Which is true. That's but true. my argument actually is that Gee is the better best player See, okay, on the team. Okay, I-, I was going to bring that up as a conversation point as well. Um, is that who do you think actually would have been marked as the best player on the team? Because, yeah, you have Russ's knuckle puck. You have Luis's speed, which he can't stop ever anyway. Julie is amazing as a goalie. Of course, you have Goldberg, who's a really good goalie as well. And then uh, the and he's good along with Averman as being the comic relief for the entire team. Actually, Averman has some of the best lines in this in those entire movies, now that I think about it. Um, and then you have all of that going on. But then it's like, if you think of actual skill, everybody acts like 
Adam is the best one where, again, he gets knocked out like every three seconds. You would think, considering the attention that's put on him, Charlie would be the best one, but he has shown throughout the movies that he's more of a captain of the entire team, so he doesn't want all the accolades. It's that he wants to make sure everyone's doing well. But then you do also get where everybody else seems to be kind of sidelined, but Guy pretty much probably is the better player. Yeah, and it's... Looking at all the movies together, just how many shots he has on goal, how many times he gets it in and everything, I just think people went after Adam because everyone said he was the best one. But when you really look at it, he is the better player. Oh, no, I completely agree. But that's why I also think the... Even though it did get into the slapstick and the comedy of everything, um, the kid, for a kid's movie, I just thought it was great to have the addition of the knuckle puck because that's always like a fun one to watch it's always fun to watch him do the flying v because that's usually when people kind of get like really into the game is when right. the flying v comes around yeah or else it's like why would people not mention it out in life when you see someone else with a mighty ducks jersey on you're mentioning something about the flying v or the knuckle puck or the ducks fly together or the ducks fly together right but then you do also have the slap shot that everybody is terrified of, which is always the funniest scenes where it's like as soon as he winds up to take the shot, they all go flying off the off the ice because they don't want to get hit by anything. Physics aside, of course. Yeah, yes, yeah. physics aside. Because I don't even think the nugget puck will work in real life either. I mm, No, I don't think so. And that's why even when they try to bring it back in Mighty Ducks Game Changers, I'm like, okay, we all even as kids, we all knew that that's not possible. And it probably would not help anything anyway if you're trying to make an actual shot on goal. You might not have needed to bring that back, especially because Keenan Thompson couldn't come back for it. Yeah. But he, but he and some of the other cast members were able to do that reunion thing for the actual Anaheim Ducks at that one point. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. One of my favorite parts of any anniversary year for the Mighty Ducks is seeing what, if they can anyway, the cast can do with it. Like, that, just that one year, all they did was have as much cast come back as possible to take that flying V picture on that tennis court. Yeah, that, that was, was like, the highlight of my day. Alright, so then going into D3, I love D3. However, it is the weakest of them because they changed it more, slightly more towards, like, a teen movie. And I think that's mostly because the actors, the kid actors were getting older because this is not just before, but slightly before Joshua ended up going into Dawson's Creek. But right. I didn't like it as much because it seemed more like a teen movie where it's that you didn't really learn anything. It was more along the lines of, you're being a jerk to me, so I'm going to be a jerk to you, and then we're going to win at the end. I felt like, again, that went back a bit more into the teen, uh, the kid slaps like comedy kind of thing, because <laughs> they had horse threads in a bag and then they also <laughs> I love the... that line though when it's like oh I hope you enjoy the horse turns and then they end up just go sprinting out of the yeah and then they also cafeteria. had the part where they were like mission impossible like sneaking into the varsity team's dorm to put fire ants in their beds you know what's and really like funny is that every time I see that scene I immediately remember how that scene was part of like a trailer of movies and when you're about to watch a Disney movie because I was always yeah, wondering... Yeah, they had it on where, a, the, the part with the dude who was running away with from Dwayne on the horse yeah. like played all the time before it played on the Disney Channel. Right, because I remember when it did the Tomorrow Dawn part, and I was like, I remember when ages later, when I hadn't watched My Ducks for a while, when I saw it, I was like, why does that look so familiar? And then eventually it was like, oh yeah, it's Mighty Ducks. And then I was like, man, they played that a lot before Disney movies. Yeah. And I also wasn't really a huge fan of the fact that the third movie, I feel like, was just a rehash of the first one, where it was, like, the 
which team was better than the newly incoming freshmen. And they had all this stuff and the people backing them and the new team didn't. Right, and then I also didn't like that they lost Jesse, which even production-wise, I don't know why he didn't come back for that movie. And then I also didn't like where it was just at the end is where Portman came back. Because at that point, I'm like, if you didn't really make a hint to the fact that he was coming back at any point, storytelling-wise, because I'm a writer by hobby, so I do look at things story-wise for people who are listening and don't know this, I'm like, that made absolutely zero sense, and it'd be a TV trope Chekhov's gun out of nowhere. No, I disagree. I like that part. I felt it um, was showing the overall arc of how all the kids were like, hey, no, I don't really actually want to go to the school that doesn't accept us as uh, A, jocks, or B, newly incoming freshmen, to turn around and be like, no, I actually need to be with my team. And every movie needs to have that silver lining True. moment. And True. so even now I'll still get excited when uh, they like feel like they're not going to have a chance to win the big game and he just comes in. That's true. And in general, I've always loved Portman's actor anyway because we've seen him a lot through like a lot of black things like Sister, Sister and such. Um, so anything that he's in, especially because he was also the singing voice of Max in Goofy Movie in case anyone didn't know that, um, anything that he comes in, I usually just have a good time watching him on anyway. Right. And he just, his character is over the top and he plays it very well. I think that's naturally how he is, though. I think so, too. And if that's the case, then it translated it very well to screen. And then, of course, there's the fact that if you really fell in love with the coaching of Bombay, you got rattled seeing Coach Orion as... I feel like that was very, very realistic, though. Yes. Um... Because you're not going to have the same coach you always have. Right. Uh, no matter what sports you're doing. And it also just goes to the fact that people have different coaching styles, but that doesn't mean one's worse or better than the other. That's true. And then even doing a bunch of sports ourselves, having gone through multiple coaches through multiple sports, shortest way I'll say it is that we didn't get along with all of them. Nope. And it's because they had different coaching styles or we thought maybe it wasn't a, the best way to go about things. And it was very much like the movie where it's that you might have voiced your opinion, someone else might have voiced their opinion, and then things might have been hard, but then eventually, like, you know, you got through it and everything. So it is very realistic, but it is hard to see the Ducks go from doing... Actually, you know, it could be kind of like number two as well. Go from having a good time doing what they do as Ducks and then having to give it up. However, caveat, I will also say... I think in many ways, Charlie was being a bit of a brat about how everything was just stripped away. Now, change is hard. I understand that. And he's also a teenager, so that doesn't help things either. But in many ways, it's like, dude, you have to get over it at some point. Yeah, but I feel like it. when you look at it across all of the three movies, he really had to grow up quickly. Yeah, he did. And so just to have... In the first movie, his dad isn't in the picture. Which implied was fairly recently, I think. Yeah. And then you have someone like Gordon Bobbay come in and not only just be his coach, but start being looked at as a father figure to him, especially if he was going to be dating um, his mom. And then in the second movie, it's implied that his parents got divorced. And so he was like depressed over the summer until Gordon Bobbay came back and he bonded with him again yeah and then all the way up that... into the third movie which is the reason why they even got into the eden hall school was because right. of bombay that right. they were thinking hey we did all this success with the junior Guild games it's time for our third go around and then he just splits right because he did feel like he was being abandoned again 
from Bombay, which I'm pretty sure they legit even said that in the movie. And then, of course, there's the fact that John or Han, I can never remember which of the two, ended up passing, which was another blow to them, which essentially was the catalyst to having Charlie talk to Bombay and say how he felt betrayed over everything. Right. Which then goes further and further, which we'll get to in a minute, further and further into Mighty Ducks Game Changers, where Charlie again felt like Bombay had abandoned him. Which in this case, I think it'd be more of a lot of childhood wounds that didn't get healed. Of course, I'd be going more into the psychology of everything, but it's it, it's it stands the reason that I would say the two things can exist at the same time. Charlie acted a bit like a brat, but at the same time, in his world, everything was imploding, and he just wanted everything to stay the same. No, I agree. I agree. I will say though. Again, because it's a kid's movie and you can kind of see where the twist is coming from, seeing the background of Orion and why he coached the way he did and what kept him going through his daughter to get Charlie to really understand what was going on, and that was done through another lesson through Bombay, I thought was a good one. Yeah, I do feel like it just goes to the whole, well, you don't ever really know what people are going through kind of thing. Um, And every movie needs one of those soft moments where the two characters are butting heads find a common ground um and and it is very interesting to see how someone who is that way with one person let's say his daughter and then is just like stern and mean and yeah Mm -hmm. being like you need to do this you need to do that with other people yeah so then it's like you can't really figure out is he absolutely just an asshole and that's all he is going to be is just an asshole coach or is there anything else to him and at that age, you literally just take people the way they are. If you think they're an asshole, that's it to you. They're an asshole. Yeah. And, yeah. And especially in sport world, if that's what it feels like, then you don't really feel the respect that need that they should be given is given to them. So then we could talk about Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Primarily, I would prefer to focus on season one because season two sucked. But yeah, I wasn't a fan of season two that yeah. much. But Mighty Ducks Game Changers, when we first heard that that was going to be a thing, we were freaking excited. Super excited just for the idea of what it would be like for the characters that we loved to come back and see where they were at. Yeah, I actually screamed when I found out Emilio Estevez was going to be in it because just over the years I always felt like he was not going to do anything Mighty Ducks related ever again. Same here. And then of course... The question and everyone's mind was, was Joshua Jackson going to do it? I was so crushed when he wasn't. I know, same here. And from what I can understand is he really, really wanted to do it, but he had a lot of scheduling conflicts because, again, as everybody at this point knows, he's done a lot of big things since the Mighty Ducks movies. But I I always felt that he probably would have had a soft spot for it and would come back. But at the same time, that might be my own feelings being projected onto it because you can have a good time doing a movie like that back then and mean a lot to a lot of people and it's just a job to you. Right. Like, you can have all the nice feelings in the world for it, but still, it's like, it's your job is part of the past. I guess likening to how, in some ways, that's how some of the Power Rangers actors felt at the beginning before yeah. really honing into yeah, it. Yeah, I felt like Amy Jo Johnson got too much flack for saying that she was never going to live Power Rangers down. Like, I never took that as a negative thing. I was like, yeah, there are stories in our family from experiences that I'm like, you can stop bringing this up. Like, I don't need you to remind me and laugh at me about it, kind of thing. Yeah. So going into my next Game Changers, it was, the first season was actually done very well, I would say. I was iffy about having the plot be for... Evan's character who wanted to be on the Ducks didn't work out, ragtag team, doing it all over again. I was iffy about that, 
but that is really the heart and soul of what Mighty Ducks is, is that you seem that you're not going to do well, and then you end up, like, triumphing over everything. I did think the pacing was bad. No, I did think the pacing of the season was bad. What it it wasn't too bad. It was just if you're looking at it from the aspect of oh hey it's a TV series based off of or an extension I would say of the movie series and you're looking at it from an adult perspective going oh who's the new Adam who's the new Connie and all that kind of thing then when you're stretching it out between like however many episodes there was I don't remember that's like thirty minutes long. Uh, it was ten episodes each season. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, that's why I'm saying the pacing was just kind of bad because there's only so much you can cram in and and was each episode was an hour, whatever. There's only so much you can cram in in ten episodes if you're trying to get here's the characters or at least the first two main characters because Evan is his mom and then Bombay had to come back in at some point. Then here's the rest of the team and then you have to show the background of the other characters a little bit and then you have to get all the way up to the fact that they're gonna play the big game at the end. And I'm like, I don't think the payoff was as big of a payoff at the end of the first season. Yeah, but then we were always just just, just saying that uh, we felt we, they could have shown more in the movie, so when you actually have the chance to spread it out in a TV series, it will work towards advantage because you have more time with all the characters. That's very true. Now, in this case, I did feel like Bombay coming back did a great job to come back as Bombay in that he was trying not to be sucked back into the hockey world at the beginning. And he was like, yeah, this is my place. I, You can play here if you want. And then he would say over his shoulder, by the way, you might want to do this. Or you might want to do that before he fully got pulled back into it. Yeah, it's when you have something that deeply ingrained in you, because you can tell just through and through Gordon Bombay is a hockey player, you really can't shut that off. Right. And then the thing, too, is that he probably literally exactly saw Evan as maybe not Charlie exactly, but as another way of being like okay it's the ducks all over again and he really wanted to be able to have the ducks be the name it was before it was sold out to the corporation to be this huge we're an elite team when that's not what the ducks were supposed to be about the first go around i did what i did think was interesting though was with uh game changers was that after everything with district five team to the mighty ducks team in the movies was that the mighty ducks was like the new the hawks for the TV series, yes. like the team everybody wanted to be on, and Evan had been on that team, but he didn't make the cut to be back on it again the next year, so he had to figure out who he was as a person, as a hockey player, as a kid, and what it was that made it so he wasn't good enough for that team, but good enough to still be a hockey player. Right, so then that goes into the episode that I'm pretty sure most 90s people only cared about anyway, would be episode 6, Spirit of the Ducks, where it brought back all the older characters sorry, all the old characters back to be reprise their roles to show where they were in the future. I was so excited for that episode. I was so excited for that. I had like, I'm pretty sure we had like a freaking countdown for that episode as soon as we knew it was going to be a thing. Because you can't have the Mighty Ducks TV show without having the Mighty Ducks actors at all. So even the cameos that they had in the first episode was good, but then it was like, no, I want to see like, what are they doing right now? And they all just fell back into their roles so easily. No, I agree. I felt... Well, I was happy to know that Connie and Gee were still together. Yes. I felt it was uh, positive to Connie's character to know that she was more the breadwinner of the family compared to Gee. Mm-hmm. I just wish it wasn't... And as much as I know the TV series wasn't about the old ducks, I just wish it wasn't 
contained to just that one episode. Like we were we were talking about how when we first heard about Mighty Ducks Game Changers, um, we were hoping it was like one person comes in every episode to teach the team something that they learned when they were on the on you know, the Mighty Ducks team and going through everything. Right. So at this point, what was probably shocking to most people was that Charlie was just angry at Bombay again. Because that that's the part that, quite frankly, shocked me, is that I was thinking, okay, if Joshua Jackson can't come back, there's going to be some sort of a mention here or there, because you can't have Mighty Ducks without mentioning Charlie in some way. And what really got me was that he was angry at them again because at him again because he felt that he was being abandoned. And I'm like, that was shocking. But at the same time, I'm like, no, that makes sense. Because the thing, too, is, is that when you grow up and grow older, you don't always have the same sort of connections you did when you were younger. But you would think that Bombay and Charlie would have had the same ones. But it was the same. It pretty much paralleled the movies and was just more of it that the characters parallel each other is that. Bombay is always going to have it where hockey, essentially, as much as he loves it, is always going to be the ghost over his shoulder because right. he can't, or it. I guess the writers won't let him, um, have the success that he wants. So with the success that he wants to have with the Ducks, and it doesn't work out that way, he's like, well, that's not that's not what I want. That's not the team that I have. I, I have to shun this. And then Charlie tends to take it personally and feel like he's being shunned. So as shocking as it was and how much it would have been great if they were still really close... It still made sense for the characters at the same time. No, I agree. And that's why... Well, as much as I, at the time of watching it, felt like it wasn't really in his character. Because by the end of the third movie, Bombay and Charlie did come to a sort of uh, understanding with each other. It is different when you look at hockey as, this is my passion, this is the game and everything, versus the corporate world of hockey. Right. Because that's where Bombay ended up getting stuck again in the interim as it was revealed um, to watching in Game Changers is that, as you're saying, the Ducks were starting to become the Hawks and it was this huge thing where it's like, it, where it gets to the point where people are so pressed on winning and being the best and everything where it sucks the fun out of everything. Right. What's true to Bombay's character, he wouldn't stick around for that. Yeah, and but it also goes back to how even if you were to go back to your hometown, let's say, and look at whatever sports team you were on in high school, you're probably not going to have the same, see the same coach there the whole entire time, unless right. you're lucky. And so you're going to be like, why is this different? Like, when we ran cross country, like, since from middle school all the way up to high school, and we had so many different coaches, uh, mostly the same runners every single year. Yeah, we had new yeah. people in that tried for a year or left or whatever. But it was, I would argue, as much as right, some people did get on my nerves, it was a tight unit because no one really understands how cross-country is unless they're doing it. Right, because but, it's as much of an individual sport as it is a team one. Yeah, and so looking at it, I was like, well, I love cross-country. I'm going to try and do what I can to get more people to do it, but it ended up only being, like, three or four or five girls running or a whole bunch of guys, or the teams were, like, in general, was very small. Right. Looking at it right. now, I'm like, why are so many people joining the cross-country team now Yeah, when I was running and, like, no one wanted to do it? Right, because, I mean, I even look on it now and I'm like, oh, I wish more people were interested when for cross-country when we were running it, but at the same time, I wonder if we would have had some of the friendships that we had over the years while doing cross-country if we had so many more people on the team. I don't know. But going back to uh, Game Changers, 
one of the people that was very, very missed in the show was Goldberg because Goldberg was there literally as like Charlie's right hand man yeah, through um all three movies. And for anyone that doesn't know, his character his character, sorry, his actor Sean Weiss did have a hard time battling a drug addiction, which I'm sure you've seen some news about it at some point or another. Um, thankfully, he ha- is in recovery. He is working on active recovery. He's been sober for, I think, three years. I think is the last time I saw um, news for him. And he just wasn't in the place to be able to do Game Changers when he was still in his active recovery. So as much as a time as it would have had been to have him there, I'm very glad that things didn't go as badly as they could have been for him. So I, I wanted to make sure that we at least acknowledged that throughout this entire podcast episode. Yeah, and it's sad to see as much of a parasocial relationship as it is to an extent, actors from your favorite childhood things having a rough time later on in adult life. Mm-hmm. And so you do worry about them and you're like, oh, how did you, this all happen? How did you get on this road? So to see him recovering is, is very good. Right. And then the other thing too is is that he also did a really good job in the movie Heavyweights. And Heavyweights oh, is I one of my that favorite movie. movies. That movie is so Heavyweights good. is so good. Watching Ben Stiller go nuts is the funniest thing ever. But it's also funny to watch. Although, again, as I mentioned in the general Sports Kids episode, is if, there's a lot of fat phobia in that movie. There's a lot of issues with it in that movie. However, his character was still as smarmy and uh, charismatic as he was as Goldberg. He made... I, if the if the years didn't line up that they did them literally if he did number one heavyweights the number two back to back if not the other way around it was clear that he may as well have still been playing Goldberg throughout that movie yeah I just find it funny how many Mighty Ducks actors are in heavyweights too yeah because it was Keenan Thompson it was um Carp because Carp was the main character in heavyweights yeah I forgot his actor's name though. yeah so did I and it was Goldberg so I'm like my first thought was are they Canadian. Because if they are, that makes sense. Because they only have a certain <laughs> amount of a pool that you have for it. But then I was also like, I mean, those movies came out around the same time. So they probably literally saw them in Mighty Ducks or whichever, which one again. Uh, vice versa, whatever. And they're like, yo, you'd be good for this movie. And then the Was it made by the movie. same people? I have no idea, actually. It might have been made by the same people. Let me look that up real quick. But going to the uh, going back to how they all got back together again for Game Changers, I loved what they did with Averman because Averman was still Averman. Like a lot of people tend to push him kind of by the wayside as a character, but as comic relief, along with Goldberg, Averman was always one of the best ones. What? It was by the same people who did Mighty Ducks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was directed by Stephen Bro and written by Stephen Bro, and that's who did the Mighty Ducks movies. Oh. Oh, Judd Apatow. Didn't realize that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right, good to know. No wonder I liked it so much. Because <laughs> if it was from the same people, then that's why it made it so good. But yeah, um, Averman did a great job. He still had that comic relief thing going where he was serious and silly at the same time. Right. Especially was that he's a limo driver, but made it seem like he was much bigger, but then he kind of brushed it off saying, no, I'm a limo driver. Like, he was never really... He could take things seriously and silly at the same time, and the fact that he was able to still do that, I thought was good, and it did the good callback to where he drove out on the ice when he was in the limo. Right, yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Connie and Guy, like we said, I love the fact that they're together. I love that they have so many kids that's driving them crazy. And, of course, I love the fact that they named one of their kids Gordon. Yeah. 
And then, what else? Okay, so Kenny, did they say Kenny's backstory? Or what he's doing now? No, I just remember Fulton being uh, in construction. Which is perfect for him. Yeah, because of his strength and all that. Right, and then still had a good callback for the times that he kept hitting Bombay's car. Yeah. Um, and then Adam Adam was good, too, and the fact that he was able to really sit back and see how the Ducks turned into something that he hated because of what he had been and how he essentially found himself through being one of the Ducks where he was like, what about your cake eaters? Yes, it was cringy and kind of gnarly as a <laughs> line, which I can, again, completely overlook because I love Adam, but it was also a good way to show that he really did change from the environment that he grew up in and the thing is is that here's a good question or maybe an interesting fanfic that could be written is what if it was the fact that yeah he grew up in a privileged white neighborhood and had rich parents and everything but he was always part of the ducks from the beginning there is no way his parents will let him do that true but i mean like with the district district (laughs) rezoning of districts and district lines because that's literally how he got uh sorry adam in the first place was paying attention to that it's like if he was part of that team from the beginning, I wonder how he would have had, I might write this, <laughs> more pressure of being in that his parents don't want him to be part of that team because he wants to be the best, but he's like, well, this is the team that I'm on and I want to be on, and et cetera, et cetera. Thinking about it, how <laughs> there are parents with kids now, I feel like even back then. Oh, the hockey parents are weird. Yeah, no, I was going to say just in general, the sports parents in general, uh, I feel like their, their parent, his parents would have made him consistently go to, like, sports camps and training camps and yeah. this and that and the other. And then, just oh, then put all the money on it to be the best above everybody else. Yeah, yeah. and then, yeah, because, yeah, that would go into the whole money thing because his parents probably would never have let him. Which, that makes me wonder if they knew that he was supposed to be. He he probably didn't know the coach. Oh. No, the parent clearly knew. His dad knew. Oh, yeah, his dad was in it. Yeah. <laughs> I really forgot. I don't know why I'm acting as if they never he never appeared whatsoever. Okay, so that makes sense. I was about to say, what if the parents knew that he was supposed to be on the specific team, but then, like, pretended to not pay attention to the district class? That would make yeah, sense. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I don't know how I completely forgot that. Okay, so we can talk about Connie and Julie a little bit. I love Connie and Julie. I love the fact that there were two girls on the team who literally held things together. I wish they showed a little bit more or gave Julie more of a chance of showing how good of a goalie she was. Yeah, in both movies especially, she was pretty much like their saving grace at the end of things. They didn't really do anything with her beforehand. They just named her Julie the Cat Gaffney because... In her she home, had home state of Maine, she had calorie reflexes, but you never really saw it except for, like, the clinch moment that they needed her. Right, and then I feel, I understand why they did that, because it's a, they did the whole, if it ain't broke, don't fix it approach. Because Goldberg was a solid goalie. He may not have taken it seriously whatsoever, but, I mean, he did take it seriously because he loves hockey, but, you know, with his smoozing and the way that he makes light of everything, it would make it seem that he didn't care but in this case, it's like, Goldberg did well. He was solid. He was a really good goalie for them. But I wish Julie had more of a chance. Just like I wish Connie had more of a chance to show how well she could do. Because in the second movie, she got rescued by Dwayne when the... That might be the third one. When the dudes were that about the to... second one. Okay, when the dudes were about to hit her. And she's like, well, thanks, but you don't have to do that because I'm not a lady, I'm a duck. And I then, love that like, line, though. So same much. here. And then, like, knocked out the other guys. Like... I understand that they needed to put some of that slapstick kid humor in with Dwayne in some case 
in some point whatsoever, but she easily could stand on her own because she's playing hockey on a boys' team. Not, yeah. I can't think of any time in actual life, and please, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. Where, especially in the 90s, you had mixed guys and girls hockey teams. No. Um, and the only time I'm thinking now is you would only hear occasionally of, like, uh, women who are on football teams. Yeah. And you don't hear even hear that that often. Like, you don't even hear about women playing on uh, men's soccer teams. Like, just, I think, like, two years ago, if not three years ago, I don't remember, when they have soccer aid in um, the yeah. UK, they yeah. didn't have women playing with the men until, I think, like, two or three years ago. And Seriously? I'm like, yeah. I thought it was before it was, that. No, it was always men playing uh, the charity games. And I was like, why aren't there any women there? And then a few other, a couple years later, I think they did have it, but there wasn't Good a lot. point. I mean, because the only t- generally the only times you and I paid much attention to it anyway is if Danny from McFly, if you don't know that band, was playing. But still, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I didn't pay much attention to it, but you're right. But yeah, that just goes into is like I understand that they wanted in the movies to have the girl representation. I can't say a hundred percent that's what the the producers and the writers and the directors were thinking. It's just being in modern times now. That's the lens you kind of have to see it from, especially with the '90s being what it was. Um, I just wish that they even had more body moments with Connie and Julie because I don't think they ever. Really I don't think interacted. they really did. Is yeah, I I don't think they interacted really at all. And I might just be having a bunch of fanfic crap in my head, <laughs> just making it seem like it was a bigger thing than it was. Because if you have another girl there, you're gonna go up onto another girl. Yeah, which is what happened in Game Changers when they had the well, the two girls were from different social circles, but because they were working on the same team they ended up being like hey this person is my friend this social group you need to stop making fun of them right so i wish they did that more i again i love connie and gee together and i wish they didn't reduce her to that um just being like gee's girlfriend because i mean yeah they did have the if, if you weren't paying attention they did have that one kiss scene at the end of the movie and then they were clearly together on the second one because yep. they, their opening scene for those two characters was them about a kiss, which is why I thought it was weird in the third movie they had them basically, like, fighting or, like, breaking up. Yeah, because it was supposed to be that she... Wasn't she also interested in Luis? Slightly? Ish? Ish. Okay, yeah. So then, But who who did not like Luis? Yeah, no, I go, oh, he's Benny. Are you kidding? I freaking love the Sandlot. Well, okay, I love the Sandlot in general, but I love the Sandlot because of Benny the Jet. Like, seriously. But, no, I get your point. Yeah, because I remember it now. It was in the stakeout scene where they were bickering over nothing. And I'm like, you reduced that. To, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're teenagers at the same time. It's kind of fickle. But it's like, you reduced it even further. So what was the point of that? Again, but for Connie, I wish they showed it her more on the ice and doing what she can do because she can play well. I, I just think if you're going to get to the point of having Fulton and Portman be known as the Bash Brothers and you have some of the other characters have, like, sports nicknames, give them a reason as to why they have that nickname. Like, we know Connie's called the Velvet Hammer, but we never really you saw never really see why it, yeah. she is called that. Right. And then, of course, which was surprising to some people... For the third movie, you had Julie have a little bit of a love interest with the varsity hockey player. Oh, which... no, but I, I love Scott White, who played their goalie, like, so much. <laughs> He's one of my favorite actors, so I had no issue with that. I'm just conf- I was just confused, because it seemed to come out absent. Did they, is there a deleted scene or something that I missed? Yeah, or... there are some deleted scenes in that movie, too. Oh, did, did it also get fleshed out a bit more in the books? And yeah. Like, okay, that makes sense then, because I was massively confused. <laughs> I mean, look, I didn't, I didn't mind it. But I was like, well, that came out of nowhere. Even as a kid, I was like, what? <laughs> and then it just kept going. 
Okay, so in general, even though I be, you can pretty much figure out who it is from me talking about it and from you talking about it is, um, so I'm just going to say it. Why is Charlie your favorite character? First of all, I just love Joshua Jackson so much. <laughs> He's so attractive. <laughs> but I, I just felt, well, it, with him as the main character for the movies, you kind of can't be in love with him to some degree. Yes, Or at I least just you. like the character. It's like, that's why it's like, he's Charlie. That's why one of the most popular... It's the, why I have jerseys. his jerseys. It's why I have his jersey. Funko Pop. It's why I have num- hashtag 96 in my Instagram bio. I just love Charlie's character. Like, you can see he grew from someone who had no confidence in himself and no one had confidence in him, enough to call him Spazway, to going to be basically the team captain and the leader of everybody by the end of the third oh movie. yeah i love seeing that trajectory of his growth through the movies and that's one of the reasons why if i didn't love adam so much he'd be my probably my favorite character because you could see he truly loved the game right and to the point that he in number two put took himself off the ice for someone else to have a chance because he knew what was going to help the team rather than trying to take all the glory for himself which is a big signifier of being an actual leader for the team. Yeah, and so I feel like the second movie making it that his future in hockey could be as a coach made a whole bunch of sense, which is why when the second season of Game Changers came about and we heard that the storyline was that they were going to some special summer hockey camp and they're going to have like a real like top dog hockey person come back or come to coach the team, I thought for sure it was going to be Joshua Jackson reprising oh, his role as Charlie. A hundred percent. And I also thought when they did the second Spear of the Ducks type episode for the second season, I swear I thought he was going to have some sort of a cameo. Like a special cameo. Do- yeah. 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 That was a waste of an episode. I'm just saying. Okay. Because that dude that was saying, like, this is where they did this and this is where they did that and this is the best players from this and that. First of all, I don't think anybody, unless you're a super big Anaheim Ducks fan, knows who any of those people were when they showed up on screen. But otherwise, I'm like, I get it. You're kind of like being in place of the fans and you're gushing about all these characters and all these great moments that I uh, clearly am still gushing about today and will until the day I die. But if you, d- you didn't have another character from the movies to really pull in that emotion fully. Yeah, I agree. And... Joshua Jackson played the role very well. He had uh, scenes where he had to cry. He had scenes where he had to be heartbroken. He had scenes where he had to be angry and frustrated. And he just has a wide range of talent that it was just natural. And it was it all made sense for the character. Right. That's what I was going to say. Like the biggest thing, too, is that Charlie felt like a real character. Yes. He felt like a real character. felt like a real person. And got to give props to Josh for that one is that he did such a good job of really making him feel real and that you weren't actually watching an actor. You were watching a person go through all of that. And a kid. Right, right. Which, again, going back to Dawson's Creek, was really went in hand to him then doing a drama show directly after. Because, as anyone knows, Pacey is probably the most popular character yep, out of that I show. I love Pacey. Like, I... You, you can't even name Dawson's Creek without someone saying Dawson crying face, Dawson sucks, or I actually did like Dawson in many ways, or you just talked about Pacey and Pacey and Joey, but still, like his claim to fame literally shows in drama, and it worked well, especially because with Pacey's back, I bet you some of Charlie went into Pacey because with Pacey's background with his dad being a awful dad to him and his family just being awful to him to where he felt like a nothing until he found the people around him, especially Dawson, who was his best friend, and then Joey, 
Um, and I, in some ways, I would also say Jen, but found the people around him that mel- made him, and Andy, made him feel like an actual person. I think some of um, his acting with Charlie went into that for Pacey. No, I agree. Okay, so, uh, going to Adam as to why I like Adam so much, apart from the fact that I really like looking at him. I love the fact that, and I wish he went more into it, which I brought up at the beginning of the podcast, I love the fact that he was the fish out of water in literally every single movie, (laughs) especially the first and the third, but he was still trying to do what he loved best, and it's because he just loved hockey. He wanted to, he, as much as he ended up becoming a bit of a traitor, into what happened with the varsity versus the junior varsity teams. Nah, I even wouldn't call him that because he didn't have a choice. True, he didn't have a choice. But at the same time, it's like it's more of the your non-action is still an action kind uh, of thing. Yeah. Um, he was stuck in a rock between a rock and a hard place because all he wanted to do was play hockey. Like he was even trying to tell Charlie that if Charlie would have given him a chance when they were facing off against each other at that one point, because he was realizing oh, I'm not a duck anymore, I'm not part of junior varsity, I'm part of varsity, he probably was thinking, this is the way I'm going to play hockey, this is how I'm going to do better, this is how I'm going to get a scholarship and actually go into the NHL, this is how I'm going to do it. And then everything else seemed to just happen around it. Right. Where he was just stuck. And it was clear that there was a lot that he was going through, through pressures from his parents, through pressures of being a hawk before, to where it just, to me, made him a very interesting character because it's like, well, what is that pressure actually like? Because that's making you a well, a well-rounded well character because it's that you clearly want to do this to the point that you're injured and you're trying to hide it because you keep wa- wanting to keep doing what you love. And I think that's one of the best, uh, more and more poignant, I would say, aspects of his character that in the second movie, he got hurt and he was trying to hide it and continue playing through the injury. Not like that's something that people don't do because they do. Yeah. But enough because he was worried about scouts and he's worrying about what his parents would say and he's worried about how he was going to be as a future hockey player. And he also didn't want to let the team down. Yeah. Which is another facet of it as well, which is like you could probably say in many ways he's selfish, but I wouldn't say he himself is selfish. I think it's stuck because of his parents' influence on him. Yeah. I, I keep saying parents as if his mom did too, but you know, it's dad. But you get my point. Um, so when it gets to that point, I'm like, you poor, poor child, because you have a lot that's going on. And it seems like no matter which way you turn, you're consistently making the wrong choice, even though you're trying to make the best choice for yourself. Yeah. And that's a complex thing to go through. And I just thought it was really interesting to watch. And that's one of the main reasons why he's my favorite character. After that, I would definitely say a good majority of the rest of the cast are really fan favorites to me it's like they're all likable i know they're all likable like i again love connie love gee even though gee didn't really do much unfortunately freaking love fulton and portman though yeah like the way that they i'm sure the way that their characters bonded is probably how even though i think i think in real life fulton's a little bit quieter i bet the way that they bonded in movies the same way they bonded in real life because it just it didn't seem fake to me and which it, again they're actors it could be completely fake but it still. felt like to me like they're the type of people where it's like i'm the older one of the older two people of this cast and everyone else's kids so we need to like bond together well this is the other thing too is is that fulton's brother played gee so you would think that they would have had some sort of a camaraderie in the movie maybe they decided not to do that because it's like well just because your siblings in real life doesn't mean your characters would get along mm-hmm. but you would think in some way they would have had some sort of a closer 
not a closer relationship exactly, but some sort of thing that kept them together through it. I don't know if they really needed to do that, though. Cause especially if the characters are that much different. True. But that's when we get to the point where it's like, your teammates become your family, so you'd think that maybe you become closer than others. But again, mm. but again, Fulton was a loner. Even though he had Portman at some points, he was a loner because he was shy and reserved and didn't want to be around, like, tried to get away from Bombay after having blasted his car. And then he didn't know how to skate when he first started playing hockey. So that probably put him off a little bit as well. He was intimidating just by size and look right, right. to everybody else. So then when he found, when Portman got there, there was someone else who was there for him. And then he took it the hardest when Portman wasn't coming back in the third one. Yeah, that's true. So in that case, I get it. Because he even still, as much as of a jovial character he seemed to be by the time Game Changers came around, you still got a sense that he was a bit of a loner. Yeah, because construction, in my opinion, isn't a profession that you can really do with a partner. And when I say that, I mean you have early starts, you have late times. Like you, we see coming um, up and down the freaking highway, you see people who are working at like 10, 11, 12, 1 in the morning on road work. So if he's doing that kind of thing, then it's more of like a you'd have to be okay with yourself lifestyle because you can't really pull someone else into it. Right, and then it's like if he tried to stick around with the rest of the Ducks, which it's clear that they kept in touch in some way or else there would have been some animosity between them. It's like if you're working a corporate job, say say Connie's job, and then he's working construction, it's not like you're going to be able to get up, meet up every weekend. Right. Especially with all the kids that she ended up having. Right. So, I mean... It's, it goes to the whole, when you grow up, your life isn't exactly the same, and you aren't going to have the exact same relationships as other people. So it's like, you, thinking about that for these characters, it makes it just great that they were able to still stay together by that point. Again, See, and this Charlie. is what I don't remember, because I haven't watched Game Changers in a while. Did they all stay in Minnesota? or And they just came back because of Bombay being there? Or... Do they actually, some people actually leave? Because I have a hard time believing none of them left Minnesota. I don't remember. Because Connie's the, I want to say senator. I think it was, she's in politics in some way, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's what it says. So she's in politics, so she's probably still there, which means Guy would stay. Fulton is obviously still there because he's working construction. Adam's a lawyer, I don't think he stayed. Kenny, I don't think so either. Averman drives a limo around, so he's still there. But it might not necessarily be in the same city, right, though. Right, they could right. still all be in Minnesota. So in that case, probably it's just like scattered and get to back together when they get the chance. Yeah. Which, for Mighty Ducks, I think is the best ending that they could have. Which is when it gets to the point where I ask, if you could make Mighty Ducks now, or if you took it from the 90s and kept it the same, put it out, what changes would you make to it? Or do you think Game Changers would have been the good change for it? I think Game Changers came at a good time in regards to all of the reboots and revivals that were happening during the pandemic because during that time people were just like hey the world is crap right now i need something that's comforting let me go back to what i used to watch and i as much as i even i get tired of the whole hey we're going to continue this show or movie and we're gonna follow the person's kids this time kind of thing i did get excited to hear about game changers because i love the mighty ducks so much and i was interested to see how they would put it into modern times which, it, I think it worked. It didn't need to do anything that relied on social media, uh-huh. even though I did have it. And it didn't need to 
rely on text messaging or streaming or what, well, even though it is a, shown on Disney Plus, uh, streaming or anything like that. It it just made it still feel like it was real, and I say that because I feel like the Mighty Ducks is what I call a plain movie, where it's about people doing mon not mundane but mundane things versus like. Oh, someone needs to stop a bus from falling off a broken overpass, or someone needs to be the chosen one and accept yeah, all these powers yeah. and to save the world. Like it's just a movie that happens to ordinary people, right? And for me, I think I would have changed a few things for Game Changers. I don't think I would have shown as much of them in school. I understand the aspect they're trying. I understand they were trying to do is saying, "Hey, we're from different social circles, especially with the two girl characters." And this is why our love of hockey can transcend that, and you need to stop messing with my friend. I understand that part. I wish it didn't show focus a little bit more on hockey, like it did in the movies. Okay, yeah. And I think, in a way, I think Game Changers should have been a movie instead of a TV show, because the writing would have been a bit tighter, and it would have gotten everything in to really hone into that '90s feel that they were trying to do in this show. Because, like you said. They did bring in social media and stuff. It didn't focus on it as much, so I could still feel it had 90s elements and things to it. But I wonder if the if a movie would have been a better medium to do it. I don't know. Because I do like that because it was episodes, you spent more time with the characters. So you got to understand how they are off the ice works towards their hockey world. Like whether or not they want to be a commentator, whether or not they want to be seen as the best player on the team whether or not they want to be captain this and that and the other yeah but i don't know if just taking all of what i know or remember because again i haven't rewatched it in a bit of the show and just sticking it into an hour and a half i don't think that would work i get you and the other thing too is, is that if we didn't have it as a show rather than a movie then you really wouldn't have been able to get into bombay's mind frame and how all of that ended up getting it to that he ended up going back to being a hockey coach. No, I agree. But one of the things I did like is that it wasn't so much... And this is just me. Even as a kid, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Not liking toilet humor so much. So you didn't have fart jokes. You didn't have jokes about people doing anything with dog or horse shit or anything like that. It was more grounded in this is how people actually act and react and talk with each other. True, true. I completely get you. So if, even though I wasn't surprised about it, it was a little sad to know that Game Changers only got two seasons because I think a third one could have been pretty good considering it went from, hey, we're these, this hockey team during school and this is where we go to get better at hockey over the summer. And then if they did one more season where they were back to being their hockey team in their hometown, I think it could have been a good way to end the show rather than being that they were together and then they were disjointed. Uh, I don't even know what kind of conflict they would have throughout the whole season, though. Apart from, obviously, you need to face off a team that's better than you and end up winning. Or maybe they'll actually flip it on its head and have them lose. True. I Honestly, I sometimes, for watching D1 and 3, D3, 2, sorry. From watching D1 through D3, I sometimes wish that they lost at some point. Maybe not in the first one, because, you know, they needed to win. But at some point, when D2 and D3, I wish they lost. Because I... Don't get me wrong, I love those freaking movies the way they are, but I think it would have been a more satisfying end for me in some way. But then again, they did have the whole passing on the torch kind of thing for the end scene for D3, which if you didn't get it, it wouldn't have been more like, okay, this is actually the end of a trilogy sort of thing. 
in the end of the story as we knew it then. But I think it might have made him, I want to say more humble, because that's not the word I'm looking for, but I think it would have made things a little bit more interesting if they ended up losing. Like, if they lost to Iceland at the end of D2, I think that would have been good. Because you wouldn't have seen it coming. No, I, you would have, kind of, because they've been losing against them all the time. <laughs> True, but again, you with the formula being what it is, you would expect them to win at the end. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so. This is Wait, okay, what? but how yeah. would you rank the three movies? How would I rank? Oh, in yeah. ter- okay, well, it depends on what scale. We're talking about just overall enjoyment? Yeah. D, ooh, the order is, actually, I think the order was released, D1, D2, and D3. Mine's 2, 1, 3. I, I can understand that. Yeah. Because, like, that's the thing, that's, that's why I go back and forth, is because D2 hit its stride, especially because it has the most popular characters that were introduced in that movie. And then D1, you wouldn't even have the Mighty Ducks or the Anaheim Ducks if it wasn't for D1. Right, right. Hell, you wouldn't even have Wayne Gretzky in that freaking movie <laughs> if it wasn't for the first one. So then, obviously, you wouldn't have been able to have what is the Mighty Ducks franchise, which, again, I never really understood the animated show that went with it. That whatsoever. was good. I, should, I like that show. Should I rewatch it? Yes. I, I didn't get it at the time. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, they're, they're, they're hockey playing ducks that fight people? I just didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. But okay, but the mask. The mask from that is iconic though. Yeah, Wild Wing, for sure. Yeah. Because that's, that's literally the only thing I remember from that show is the mask. I mean, this is why, again, I said, I think the second one was the best one because it actually was the one that really started the franchise because you had the... TV series, you had the official uh, hockey team. You had freaking Mighty Ducks themed Pop Tarts because I remember it was had Wild Wing on the box and it was like oh, a yeah. purple flavored one. And then you had, he made the logo basically. Yeah, just like, his mask with logo. And yeah, you don't hear what well, you do because there are movies that are like everyone knows, but for sports movies, you don't hear about that like happening at all. Ever, You're not except wrong for Mighty Ducks. You're not wrong because like again, like I said. I can't think of any other movie. No, I literally cannot think of any other movie, and I might, I might later. But where it's that it was so popular that you have people consistently wearing those jerseys out in real life as costumes, just because I wear mine, just because. Maybe Space Jam. Oh, good point. Good point. But that's. Ooh, but that's. I don't think that's as iconic as Mighty Ducks, though. Sure, you got Michael Jordan. That's why I say Michael Jackson. (laughs) You got Michael Jordan in it, and of course, everybody knows who Bugs Bunny is. But I think. If you had to put Space Jam and Mighty Ducks up against each other in terms of being iconic in popularity, I think Mighty, oh, Mighty Ducks, Ducks would yeah. beat Space Jam. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. Well, thank you for joining me on this episode today. Um, the next one that Mary's going to be joining me on is another one of our absolute favorite movie series ever, which is Three Ninjas. And Yay! I cannot wait to talk about that one ever because I love it so much. Um, but thank you for joining me for this one. Is there anything that you want to promote or mention? No, I'm good. All right. So... In this case, I don't have to say my usual sign-off of the 90s call and I want my Mighty Ducks back because technically it didn't go away. It's It came back with Mighty Ducks Game Changers and 100%, I think every time the new celebratory year, quote-unquote, like 20s, 30s, 40s anniversary, you forgot remember something, didn't you? Yeah, there's the, <laughs> I think it's 30, 30th season, the way they're celebrating that is the offspring the band they're have like merchandise collaborating with the mighty ducks really yeah is there pictures anywhere i I need to see these okay so we're gonna leave the end of the podcast with that um and if we do find them i will put a link to that somewhere in the i guess the description of the instagram post that will go with this episode but thanks for listening guys have a good day